better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Friday episode of the show. Kyle, the first 32 presents have been open. Happy Friday to you. What a first round it was, too. You know, it, it was uh, some drama. We only got a handful of trades, right? And, and we kind of anticipated oh, all the chaos, blah, 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 blah. But at the same time, this really just came down to there were probably too many teams trying to maneuver down and only mm-hmm. so many instances in which teams felt the urgency to move up. And I know one of those for you being the Jets, we got into it on the stream last <laughs> night a little bit, talking about you know the dynamics of, the Jets moving up for Elijah Fair Tucker. And we can get into that, but just generally speaking, I thought the thing that stood out the most was three players were moved for aggressively. And it was Devontae Smith getting in front of the Giants from Philadelphia. The Giants finally, Dave Gettleman, finally yeah. trading back. And we'll talk about who he picked, I'm sure. Uh, but that trade back, getting an extra first round pick, he says, oh yeah, I'm only going to trade down if I'm doing the fleecing. Well, you, you got a front, an extra first round pick because it was for a quarterback. Chicago, Justin Fields, yeah, of all places. Oh, oh, they love Mac Jones, blah, blah, blah. Mac Jones staring him in the face. Justin Fields falls to 11. They go up and get him. And then, of course, Elijah Vera Tucker at 14 with Minnesota. And, of course, Minnesota picked up two extra third-round picks. That's what they always do. Right, for a player that we would have expected them to pick, if, what was it, 14? If they picked Derisod 14, nobody would have batted an eye. Instead, Correct. they get the same player at 23 and pick up, you know, was it 66 and 86 66 and 86. Yes. Oh, that's, that's good work by Mr. Rick Spielman there. So are you surprised though? Like, no, be, are you surprised? No, because this has been his bread and butter, you know, and it's interesting to see how he's come in and out of life cycles because there was a point in time where he would kind of move up. You saw him move back into the first round a couple of times. And now mm-hmm. that his roster is definitely being replenished in some key areas He's um, buying more into those day two draft picks, moving down the board. And, um, you know, it, it, if the if the Vikings don't get it right, it's not going to be because Rick Spielman didn't have plenty of darts to throw. Oh, and, and real quick, let's um, let's talk a little bit more about our night last night. And let's specifically talk about uh, Joe. I've entered the five year rolling average for the huddle report. Yes. Welcome. It feels good. Uh, I didn't score quite as well as I wanted to, a 44. Uh, ironically enough, that's the bar we set. Uh, we tied, that tied the best score I've had from last year. Uh, Joe, you also had a 44. We had the same score. Shout yeah. out to Josh Norris, who was here oh, yeah. with us at TDN Draft HQ. Uh, his 59 set a record for the greatest mock draft of all times, according to the Huddle Report scoring 16 matches in the first round, which is unforeseen and, and ungodly good. Um, but Joe, you are 17th currently tied for 15th, the best mockers of the last five years. You're tied for 15th. How does it feel? It feels good because I like the idea of that sample size and what it reveals. I also feel, it feels hollow to me a little bit though, because you just look at it every year and you're like, damn it. I made changes. I shouldn't have. I bought in some some information that I shouldn't have. And so like in the immediate aftermath of reflecting on this, I feel like my focus is a lot more on damn it. Why didn't I do that? As opposed to, yeah, you know what? I'm one of the better mock drafters in the world when it comes to accuracy. Well, the the best guy at TDN 
specifically if we're not including Josh, because he's with underdog fantasy, but here on site with us, uh, Trevor had a 50. Yeah. And he's, Joe, like, he's, he's three years into this thing, man. And he's trending. Well, Joe, I'm telling you, had we made one pick different yeah. number five, we but both of us also would have had fifties because we would have had Sewell at, or we would have had chase at five instead of Sewell. We would have had Waddle at six and we would have had Sewell at seven. hundred yeah, so percent. That one decision it was the difference from us being 44s to us being fifties. That's You're, just that. That's how close it is in this competition. Yeah. So that sounds to me like that was a warning because uh, you've been a little uh, aggressive at times with your Bengals takes. And now they were, the domino that didn't fall correctly for you <laughs> to get a 50. So, uh, um, no, I mean, it is what it is. And I, I know somebody, uh, somebody tweeted me yesterday. I said, Oh, they're going to take chase and you want chase uh, for your team and you'll hammer them for not taking an offensive lineman. But like Tevin Jenkins is still on the board here. Dude. Oh, dude. I, I, I that, dude, that was the first thought I had this morning. I'm like, I woke up. Tevin Jenkins is still here. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and he could be the, a pick for the Bengals. Could you imagine if you get Jamar Chase and, and Tevin Jenkins? Dream come true. I, so, I will. So, I will declare them the winners of the draft. I don't know about that, but they have the opportunity. And, and let's not discount the other available offensive linemen too, like yeah. Creed Humphrey still out there, and he had gotten some buzzes potentially being a first round guy. Landon Dickerson, who the medicals are more of the question with, uh, some of these other offensive tackles like Jalen Mayfield and, and Liam Eichenberg, like Cosme. Sam Cosme. They're going to have options. Yeah. So Cincinnati, this is how you chose to play the board. You said we're going to like our options at thirty eight. Okay, let's see what you come up with now. And presumably that will be an offensive line pick. It's just a question of uh, who's it going to be. But uh, I look, Joe, at the players who were picked in the first round, and, and I cross-reference it against the players that we had ranked as the best players in this year's draft. Are you familiar with how many of the first round was players that we actually had within the TDN consensus top 32? I don't know the answer, but I'm guessing the reason you're bringing it up is because it's pretty good. And so I will guess 25. 25 is correct. Yeah. There were seven. Do you know who the seven were? Because so we seven. set the table for round two tonight. Oh, boy. One player, okay. one player of which had a first round grade for us. So you're wanting me to fill in the gaps of the seven players that were picked in the first round that we no, didn't no, have no, as no, top no. 32 the, the players? No, 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 no. The seven players that are left that we oh. did have as top 32 players. You should be able okay, to get this so, pretty easy. Yeah. Uh, Jeremiah Wusukormo. He's the one that had the first round grade. Yeah. Tevin Jenkins. Yes, that's correct. Don't think too hard about it. You had first round grades on at least two of these guys. Did I? <laughs> Oh, boy. Um, I feel like I'm drawing blanks right now, dude. Uh, Terrence Marshall? Terrence Marshall. Wide receiver LSU. Yep. How about an edge rusher that you like to mock to the Jets quite sometimes? I think he was your two, number two or number three edge rusher. In this oh, year. Aziz Ojolari, yeah. Aziz Ojolari, yep. I'll help you out so a little bit. So I'm four out of seven? Yep, yep. You got, an offensive, you got an offensive tackle, a linebacker, and a free safety. Offensive tackle, a linebacker, and a free safety. Baron Browning. Baron Browning. Trayvon Merrig. Yep, that's six. And I need to come up with an offensive yep. tackle. Offensive tackle, number 32 on the consensus board. So it's 
it's it's got to be I I already said Jenkins, right? We already got that one. Yep, we already got Tevin Jenkins. He was twenty eight on the consensus board. Eichenberg, Cosme. You're cold. It's probably cold where this guy's at too. Yeah, Radoons. Mm-hmm. Radoons. Yes, that's it. Okay. Thank you. I don't, I don't want to hang up the whole podcast on trying to play yeah. the game. So, uh, yeah, the Jeremiah Owusu Kormo, Baron Browning. Aziz Ojolari, Terrence Marshall Jr., Trevon Morig, Tevin Jenkins, Dylan Radunes, TDN Consensus Board top 32 players that are still out there. Uh, so, so I thought by and large, uh, the talent distribution versus the way we assess the class, Joe, uh, it fell in line pretty well. Good feeling. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today, ring sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only at BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high-quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. So, Kyle, one of the questions that I put out there on Twitter that – I'd love to get your answer for is yeah, yeah. Who, who is the player that you entered the draft lukewarm on or not super high on, but now that you know the team that they play for, you know, the scheme, you know, the fit, you know, the coaching that they're going to get, you suddenly feel more optimistic about what they can become in the NFL. Oh man. Um, I'll give you my the the, the yeah, name that stands out, out to me. Baltimore. Okay. Uh, he changed his name. Odafe. Odafe Owe is my answer. Yes, that was the one that really stood out to me as well. Where you know you're just a little bit unsure about him being able to fully reach his ceiling at with obviously the the athleticism, but you know just kind of developing the technique, but. He's in that Baltimore defense and attack style defense. They're going to create runways for him. He's going to have yeah. some great angles to work with. And yeah. I think he can be productive. Like obviously the, 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 the bar's pretty low coming off of a zero sack season, but I think he can get sack production in year one because of how he'll be used in Baltimore. Yeah. That that's the one that as I'm kind of scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Now I do feel good about Greg Rousseau to Buffalo as well. Um, I'll be interested to see, uh, if they give him the opposite of AJ Epinesa treatment, right? Like AJ Epinesa comes in there and drops all the weight and all of a sudden he's much more dynamic. Like, are you going to send Greg the other way? I would love to see him do it and, and play the base end position. So, um, you know, I, I, I trust the bills coaching staff to make the right decisions with him. Uh, so I'd be kind of curious knowing what you know about the Buffalo bills and the defense and, and Rousseau having scouted them in your region, like, where are you at specifically with that pick? Because I want to be optimistic, but I would defer to your expertise on Buffalo. So I listened to Bean talk 
last night about 4 a.m. as I was falling asleep about the selection. So as long as my recall is accurate here, he talked about how Rousseau has already started to bulk up and that, you know, realistically, he played more in 2019 in like the 250 range. And so him being in the mid 260s at this point is more in line with where they want him to be. So I think it's probably all right, we're going to bring you in. You're probably not going to play a ton of snaps in year one because we do like what we have in Addison and Hughes and AJ Epinesa as a second year player. Plus, they brought in FA Obata. But if we can get you on the field long and late downs, you know, put him, reduce him as an interior rusher. That was something that he mentioned in the in the press conference that we'll see what he's like in the mid 260s. But he also mentioned that they have their sports science program that they want to get a real look at him and his BMI and his body composition and really figure out the right plan for him. So the good news is, is they have a plan. They're thinking about these things. And I think it's going to be some trial and error. But I mean, dude, he's what, 21 years old, uh, just turned 21, like in in April, earlier this month. And so they have a little bit of time here to figure that out and, um, you know, try to get the most out of him early, but it's definitely a long play for the Bills. So let's ask the question. The biggest winner from last night is who? It's the Miami Dolphins. And, and this is just me being authentic. It's not because Kyle's here on this podcast or that we work together. I just, I'm absolutely in love with this combination of first round picks, Jalen Waddell and Jalen Phillips. And I, I almost hate doing this because we always lean towards teams with multiple picks in the first round is the winners. Like, okay, congratulations. You got two cracks at it. You should get two good players, but the two players that they got really are special to me. Jalen Waddle, my wide receiver one, he's the one guy in this class that from an offensive weapon perspective gives me nightmares. That's not fair. Kyle Pitts is definitely in that conversation, but he's Jalen Waddle in a different way is in that conversation. Like I don't want to play against those guys and Jalen Waddle being part of this offense the exact type of receiver that Tua needs, not just because he's from Alabama, but because he can separate. And Tua is definitely a player at this point in his development that isn't willing to make those tight window throws and throw contested passes. Well, nobody in the world can run with Jalen Waddle. He's going to be open at all levels of the field. And so that's exciting. Not only can he get behind your secondary, but he's ridiculous with the ball in his hands after the catch. Plus he's dynamic as a punt returner. And so you've got your towering guys in Gusecki and, and Devontae Parker and Preston Williams. And now you add Jalen Waddle to go with Will Fuller. The spacing for this Miami Dolphins offense is ridiculous. And oh, by the way, they have the biggest friggin' offensive line ever assembled, and they're going to attack you in, in the power run game. So you want to talk about putting the right pieces around Tua to allow this offense to be the best version of itself right now. Obviously, I think we can hope for maybe another piece of the offensive line, uh, maybe a running back. Maybe their two picks here are going to be Creed Humphrey or Landon Dickerson and Javante Williams. And then we get real kinds of crazy about this Dolphins offense. So you do that right at number six. You get my wide receiver one. And then Jalen Phillips, who is undoubtedly the best pass rusher in this class. He's a player that I know you have said emphatically has the best defensive tape of any player in this class. And if you focus in on what he did in 2020 at Miami, there's no lies in that. That's what he is. And he's got a ridiculous athletic profile. We saw him win as an inside and outside pass rusher at Miami. He's a good run defender. He can stand up. He can play with his hand in the dirt. And it's almost like they got a player that can do the Shaq Lawson stuff and the Kyle Van Noy stuff 
but with a higher ceiling. So you get two foundational pieces for your roster with those two picks. Well done, Chris Greer. I thought I had it all together, but I was led astray. The day you walked away, you were the clock that was ticking in my home. Changed my state of mind. Ladies and gentlemen, love so hard to find. We got him. They took Jalen Waddle, Joe. Can you believe it? So, no. Joke aside, uh, Justin Fields, Chicago Bears for me, fittingly, as Paige Demacos comes down from upstairs. Uh, she's literally running over here with her arms in the air. Uh, that's my biggest winner. Chicago taking advantage of the Justin Fields slide, which has been uh, something we anticipated for whatever reason, but it happened. Chicago, they've been rumored to be interested in Mac Jones. Well, they go up and trade for a quarterback, and we all on the stream, Paige even thought it herself. She said, man, um, here it comes. They traded up for a quarterback. They're going to take Mac Jones. <laughs> and lo and behold, they did the smart thing, and they took Justin Fields. So if you're Chicago, you're Matt Nagy, you're Ryan Pace, your jobs are on the line, you got to go get somebody. They landed Justin Fields at 11. They finally got the Giants to trade down. They gave up a future first. But when your jobs are on the line to the degree in which Ryan Pace's and Matt Nagy's are – Justin Fields, you said this on the stream last night, Joe, this might be the most exciting, dynamic quarterback that Chicago's had ever, ever. Uh, no, it's ever. And, and, yeah. and it needs to materialize, of course. Like, yeah. you know, it's no sure thing that he's going to transition. Uh, but I thought Dre Harris on the stream did a great job last night talking about how Chicago tried to win with Mitch Trubisky and taking those same traits and extrapolating it to Justin Fields. And oh boy. I, I thought Chicago hit a home run. They did, yeah. they did a wonderful job. So, like you said, it's really easy to point to a team that has two first-round picks, uh, like Miami, who gets TDN's number one-rated pass rusher and TDN's number one-rated wide receiver, and say, oh, yeah, they won because they got our top-rated player at two positions. But I look at Chicago and what they needed coming into this draft and actually making the smart decision and doing it and being willing to pay the price because you understand if, it does it, if you don't do it, you're not going to be around too long to see the other side of it anyway. And I applaud Chicago for what they did last night. Coming out of the break, Kyle, I'm going to ask you for your five favorite first round picks. So that'll give oh, you a I, second. I appreciate the heads up. And yeah, notice. and and, and it's going to give me an opportunity to talk about our friends over at Built Bar without mm. uh, your yep. continuous distraction. So no, I'm going to talk anyway. Oh gosh, well let's let's talk about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the planet. They have the planet. so many amazing flavors amazing flavors they're delicious they're all covered in 100 chocolate they're soft and easy to 100 like eating a candy bar but it's good for you built bars are great it's for anyone for who is health conscious whether you want to lose weight maintain weight or just lose indulge weight. in a delicious treat you indulge have to try built bars they're low calorie low sugar high protein low high fiber and perfect for high anyone protein. who is on the keto diet you keto know we friendly. have a deal for you Head over to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Locked Again, 15. that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. BuiltBar.com. Do you do that every time? No, that's the first time I ever did that. So I took my headphones off so I couldn't hear <laughs> Kyle, but I, on the video, I see him still rambling. But I'll be honest, dude, I slept for like three and a half hours last night and he I got off the rails, man. The, the first time you started talking, I'm rails. like, I don't think I can do this. I don't, I don't think <laughs> I can make it through. I got to take the headphones off and just, uh, just, just do this ad read and, and, and give our sponsor the attention they deserve. But uh, anyone can tell you that's been around me this week. Uh, the built bars are delicious heavy. and they're, yeah, they're, they're, 
they're very, very frequent appearances yeah, along they, the way. Because we legit eat them. I don't know. I eat like two a day. So nonstop. They, yeah. Nonstop. So, right. so five favorite picks. Your five favorite picks of the first round. Um, I really like Penny Sewell to Detroit at seven. You know, you think about what Detroit, where Detroit is as a team right now, hitting the reset button. That has to be an answer. Uh, I am going to call out Jalen Waddell uh, and, and that selection for the Dolphins with Tua Tungvaloa, young quarterback, TDN's number one rated wide receiver. They got him at, at six after the trade down from three. Uh, Justin Fields, who we mentioned as well. Uh, let's see. I need two more. Uh, Tennessee, Caleb Farley. You know, they're, they're another team that has shown they're not going to be scared off by medical stuff. So they, they, they took Jeffrey Simmons in the first round and that investment, and that paid off for them pretty well. Um, so, so they'll obviously hope for the same thing. The value of getting Caleb Farley at 22 when you omit the medicals uh, is undeniable. So I, I think that was a good decision as well. And then Baltimore at 27 getting Rashad Bateman. I, I think that's another stylistic fit that we talked about last night on the stream that, that really had me excited. So uh, those would be the five favorites but there's a lot of fits that i like there's a lot of fits that make sense i don't think there was anything super egregious you know we could say what our concerns are concerns are with mac jones and the patriots choosing to try to replicate a tom brady offense with a quarterback who's not tom brady right but like they didn't move up to get him so uh, i i think there's a, a value proposition there that that's worth noting so uh i liked a lot of what we got at the end of uh the Thursday night round of picks. So I want to give you my five favorite picks. And if it feels like we're moving fast through this, don't worry. We're going to cover every team's draft class in, in the depth. following. Yeah. In the yeah. coming weeks, yeah. but we're, this yeah. is the, the quick reaction to the first round. My fat five favorite picks. The, the first two are really obvious dolphins getting Jalen Waddle, the bears getting Justin Fields. My others are the chargers at number 13, coming away with offensive tackle Rashawn Slater it just feels yeah. good for somebody who's rooting for Justin Herbert to know that they got the left tackle thing figured out. And I've, I feel like I've said this so many times, but they didn't get the offensive light uh, offensive line right around Phillip rivers at the end there. And I think it really spoiled his tenure, the, the end of it at least. And so, you know, coupling that with the signings of Corey Lindsley and Odea Boucher and uh, Matt Filer to go with Brian Balaga. Now you have Rashawn Slater, and I feel like you have a friggin' offensive line. Uh, I also like the Colts at number 21, getting Quiddy Pay, the edge rusher from Michigan. Perfect fit, not only from a scheme perspective, but personality fit and how he'll, you know, just join this locker room and just give them the type of person that they're looking for. And so I think Chris Ballard, whether it's, you know, Jonathan Taylor or Quentin Nelson and now Quiddy Pay going out and getting guys that you just know are going to be great ambassadors for your team. They're going to make sure that your culture is right. And they're, you know, just foundational players that you can easily identify. I love that pick. And then Greg Newsom to the Cleveland Browns at number 26. Um, they still need to keep investing this defense, particularly getting some depth on the defensive line, but this cornerback room with Denzel Ward and Troy Hill to go with the three safety opportunities that they have with Johnson and, mm -hmm. and Harrison and um, another guy whose name escapes me at this current moment. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, again, drawing blanks here, but Delpit Delpit. Yes. So they have all these guys that are versatile, that gives them scheme versatility that can tackle and they can play a lot of sub and get 
a lot of different skill sets on the field. I absolutely love that selection. And, you know, I think Cleveland, a team that I've been saying is a top three team in the AFC, this is the type of pick that allows me to feel even better about that take. So bold prediction. Let's, let's try and peg one player to a team to wrap this thing up. Who do you, who is one day two fit that you think is going to transpire? You didn't give me any warning. I, <laughs> I, need, I need a second to consult the, uh, the draft. I'll give here. you mine. If you'd like mine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, J- why don't you give me yours? Jets and Aziz Ojolari. That was a pretty popular mock pairing at 23. Obviously Jets trade up for life. Fair Tucker surround Zach Wilson with, with good uh, supporting cast on the offensive line and building that up. And we, we support that. Uh, but this team has needs on both sides of the football. Ojolari, I think there was a lot of smoke there as far as interest. I would say my quote unquote hot take for a pairing of, of a day two fit is the Jets and Aziz Ojolari. Okay. I like that. Um, where do you think Man, Jav- the- Javante Williams goes? Or where do you think? Yeah. You, Javon- you, you have to think he's going to go quick. Yeah, I think Javante Williams could go 36 to the Miami Dolphins. Um, dude, I think about I think about Asante Samuel Jr. to the Eagles. Definitely the type of like scrappy player they like. I, I know that he doesn't have a ton of length. Um, I feel like Carolina's got to find a left tackle. You know, who do they, who do you think they're gonna like at left tackle to come in and be that guy? It could be Cosme, Eichenberg. Um, I know that I'm doing the Joe Marino approach here and giving you like multiple answers. But they're, they're just – I think that's a good way to end this is there are so many good players that mm-hmm. you say – you've been preaching this for a while. The draft is seven rounds. You don't fix all of your problems in the first round. There are plenty of players still on the board that these teams can target and fill that other need that we felt like the team had to come away with. So it should be an exciting night. Amen to that. That's going to do it for us on this round one reaction of draft dudes. Thanks as always for tuning in. Hey, we got more action coming up tonight. Uh, The draft network live stream will be up. We will be on every pick. We'll have it covered. Make sure you check it out. Kyle Krabs, Jordan. Thanks as always for listening to the draft dudes podcast. And we'll talk to you again tonight, tomorrow on the live stream. And then draft dudes will be back on Monday.